0: Not afraid to tell it like it is. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon till 3 on AM 900 CHML.
1: We're going to look south of the border with another unbelievable case involving a police shooting of a black man, this time happening in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And if you haven't seen the video, you can see it on our CHML webpage. It's graphic, hard to watch, and once again raising questions on why this is happening again. Giving you some background, the man who was shot is uh, a 37-year-old Alton Sterling. So what was he doing to bring the police his way? Well, according to witnesses, he was selling used CDs outside a convenience store. According to the witnesses, he pulled a gun to scare someone away. Then the police show up. He was armed, but according to witnesses, the police got very, very aggressive with him. And they pulled out their weapons when they saw a gun on him and then you heard this oh my they boy <laughs> <laughs> The video, of course, going viral around the world, uh, has certainly brought once again the issue of why we are seeing so many of these types of shootings across the border. I want to bring in Ross McLean, former police officer and security expert, again talking about this issue. Good of you to join us, Ross.
0: Yeah, thanks, Alex. I think it's important that people who are interested in this story do go to the webpage, do have a look at this video. And uh, we'll try to give an education. and I'll, I'll try to give an education anyways as to what's happening from the police point of view for how it's happening in this particular incident.
1: Yeah, because if you look at the video and you don't have any context to it, it's pretty brutal. You've got two police officers. They take this man down. Apparently, witnesses say he didn't reach for a gun, but you hear distinctly in this video... That the one officer says he's got a gun and then, you know, bullets fly. He was shot twice in in the back and in the chest. So on your first observance and some, um, you know, in in the policing business have have called this brutal and said, like, where did this come from? But where are you at on this?
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, this is the first bit of video we're seeing is the cell phone video. There apparently is other video from the dash cam of the police car, and apparently other video from uh, inside the store on their CCTV. And apparently, Alex, both officers had on body cameras at the time, but apparently those body cameras were knocked off during the fight in the wrestling and did not cover the last few seconds of this. So let me tell you what I see when, when this comes up from a police point of view. The officers were responding to a call of a man who had threatened someone with a gun. So they're going to a call about a gun, large man in a red T-shirt. They arrive on scene, they see uh, this victim here now, Alton Sterling. He's a big man. He's about six six feet tall. He's over 300 pounds. Uh, wearing a red T-shirt matches the description. The first thing the officers would have done in that case is to try to have the person tell them, hey, we're here, get your hands up, put your hands on the car, get down on the ground. So they would have been giving some sort of command to this person, who it appears did not comply with the commands. In comes the cell phone video. You see the one officer standing to his left with the taser out and pointed at him. The other officer to his right with his hand on his gun. And they're asking him to do things. He does not appear to be complying. The taser is shot, Alex. The taser goes into him at the same time the other officer rushes him to tackle him. So they, they use their presence. They use commands. They use the taser. They're using physical control. They get him down to the ground, Alex. But they don't manage to get him onto his belly, which is the preferred place. They have him on his back. At this point, the officers don't have their guns out. The top officer uh, controls his chest and his head, kneels on him, grabs his right arm, holds his right arm, and gets it. The other officer down at the bottom is now checking him for a weapon. And sure enough, he finds a weapon. He says, you can hear it on the video, he says, he's going for his pocket. He's got a gun, he's got a gun. Then you see the top officer on top, who's got the control, reach for his gun, take it out, tell him not to move. Don't move. What goes on from there, we're not aware of, but then the shots come out and they shoot him while he's on the ground. We don't know if the other officer on the bottom had control of his right hand that was reaching for the gun or what that hand was doing. So there's certainly more information to come out on this.
1: Sure, but already the protests have started. There is so much tension, uh, racial tension, in the United States. We've had over 500 cop shootings uh, of blacks just this year alone. I mean, the number is staggering. I, I like to, to treat each situation as unique. And, and you know, we chatted, uh, you know, you sent some information to us earlier, just, you know, that there are some reports that this guy may not be uh, just some poor, you know, innocent victim. What have you learned about him?
0: Yeah, well, it has come out that he does have a fairly extensive uh... criminal background for things like stolen property drunken public uh... assault domestic assault possession of weapons uh... those sort of things almost like a typical bad stereotypical cops tv show sort of a uh, crime record but what it also has not been established yet but people have looked at his facebook and apparently he may be associated may be affiliated with this will be yet to be seen uh... with the blood street gang you mm-hmm. notice he's wearing a red t-shirt at this time on his Facebook page, he has a five-pointed star that he has cut into his head and his haircut for doing that. That's a sign of association with that. So, it made it, so one of the problems is, Alex, when you're that officer on the ground, you're on top of this person, and your partner yells gun, he's going for his gun, it takes a flash of a second for someone to bring their hand up from their waist up, up to their chest and pull the trigger and hit either one of you. So there's a matter of seconds that are going on there at that point. And, and I'll just say this and I'm not I'm not defending the shooting I'm not we're looking for the evidence on this had the man just complied when the officers came up put his hands up assumed the position allowed them to pat him down he wouldn't be in this position but it, maybe it's because he had that weapon in his pocket he knew he was going back to jail he is a registered sex offender maybe he didn't really want to go back to jail and that we were put into this position it's just awful outcome
1: it is. But there's no question it will feed the narrative. Um, you know, there will be people that say that doesn't matter. The point is, he wasn't doing anything. Th- there's no aggression shown in the video. And that police may have acted uh, too quickly. Would they have had the information? And, and you may not uh, know this yet. But would a police officer attending this kind of scene uh, have had the the background on this guy to know that? Yes, yes. He is a convicted uh, for several, um, you know, altercations, including, as I understand, uh, he's been he's got a conviction for pedophilia.
0: Yeah, well, whether they had it or not, they would have acted the same way about it. I mean, it's interesting, the store owner who was there who witnessed it says, well, the police were aggressive from the start. Well, yeah, you're coming up on someone on a 911 call who just threatened someone with a gun. So you're going to come up, you're going to assume the position, you're going to give the commands, hands up, turn around, hands on the car. This, you're going to be aggressive when you're dealing with that. And as far as, you know, I'm reading some of the, the media saying, oh, well, he was pinned, but he wasn't, he was pinned and he wasn't really going for his gun. You know, when you're the police officer in that situation, the game isn't over until you've secured that weapon. I'm telling you, weapons can come out fast. I've done training, I've been in situations, and I've been the losing end of training sometimes when that gun came out faster than I thought, and I would have been dead in the training. So I don't think it's quite the story that it's just police who are running around looking to execute black men in the street, which seems to be the embellished narrative that's going the far way. And I think we need to look at the facts, as you say, Alex, on each one of these cases to determine what exactly is going on and what's happening. And I think by looking at that video on the webpage, you'll be able to see some of the things that we just discussed.
1: No no kidding. No, uh, regardless, though, um, Ross, I mean, the bottom line is there is a mistrust. And so the, the narrative will continue. We've already seen protests. We've seen them in Ferguson. We've seen them in other American cities. I, I expect that regardless of what the history of this man was, we're still going to see, uh, you know, the tensions increase.
0: A- absolutely. There, there are people who will use this to increase the tensions, and to go back to the, probably the greatest racial trial that they had of, of the century, O.J. Simpson, yeah. you know, we're seeing a rush to judgment, only at this time it may be the other way around, Alex, and I think we need to take more time to look at these things and to deal with the actual issues that's going on, yeah. as opposed to some of the political narratives.
1: And I know that these two officers have been placed uh, on leave for now, that an investigation into this uh, has been already launched, but we've seen a number of these investigations. I know you've got to get going, but quickly before we let you go, um, do you expect that these officers will be tried in the court of public opinion, or will they get a fair uh, shot at at defending themselves?
0: Well, we'll see how the communications go by the police. See, A a large part of crisis communications is getting out as much factual information as you can, quickly to quell any of the rumors or people to say this happened or that happened. So, you know, part of the problem is going to be how the police deal with it to help calm the community to show that this is going to be investigated right, it's going to be treated fairly, and it's going to be given a fair shake. And the the public needs to know that. But the police are going to have to have as loud or a louder volume than perhaps the protesters who want to protest and garner the TV to say it's the other narrative. So the police are going to have to do some real work on the communication side, Alex.
1: Ross, much appreciated. Thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you so much.